All right, Ethan, we might be live. I'm not sure if we are or not. I was waiting on that eye. Maybe Restream did a little bit of a an update where that's not there anymore. Maybe we're not live yet, but we'll operate under the guise that we are. Welcome to SSPN, everybody. This is going to be a little bit of a turbo version uh, because Ethan has a little bit of a commitment to get to. So we're going to run through these three topics here real quick, though. Um, and just talk about the Spurs. Obviously, um, broke the the losing streak last night. Ethan, you were able to check that out. I was being a bad podcast host and watching a different basketball game. But I did see the highlights, and I saw KJ had a career high with 36, uh, 11, and the four steals as well. Um, what were your thoughts on that win against the Nets last night? It was a good team win. We came out really, really strong. Lots of energy, both sides of the ball. Um, now take all of this with a grain of salt because the Nets were without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, so it was really the Ben Simmons show who had a triple double, but he really still looked pretty subpar as far as scoring the basketball and being aggressive. So Ms. we were Dunk. able to got Ms. locked Dunk. up by Sohan a couple times. I saw. Absolutely. So they struggled a lot, especially shooting the ball only 13% from three, but at the same time, a lot of positives to take away. Like I said, the energy was nonstop throughout the entire game, even when the Nets made a comeback. I think they were up by five or so in the third quarter, maybe. Um, but we were able to, you know, jump ahead and win 106-98. Keldon had 36 points, really terrific game from him. Um, went back to his roots, got to the hole, especially after his shot wasn't falling. Three for 11, but all three of those shots were very timely and important um, to actually securing the win. Um, so the clutch gene finally kicking in for Keldon Johnson. You're talking about also, threes, right? Threes, yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. And uh, 11 boards as well, so aggressive uh, on the boards. And solid defense overall. Jakob came out. I'm pretty sure he had all of his points in the first quarter. He looked incredible at first. I tweeted out how the low low block action with him looked very reminiscent of, of Timmy D back in the day where we would dump it off for, to him. He would get a screen from like Keldon uh, back door. He would swing around from block to block, get it. Um, and kind of go to work and either look to score, but also play make for others. So that looked pretty strong early on. We kind of went away from that. I'm not sure if it was the Nets adjustment or if we just decided to go away with, go away from it because I believe Jakob was in foul trouble early as well as our boy Zach Collins. Um, that didn't affect the final outcome of the game, but that could have been a reason as to why. Romeo struggled. He continued to struggle. Trey didn't have the greatest game scoring the ball. He only had 13 points, five assists. But again... His presence, his facilitating, always important for our team. And then Sohan, honestly, was probably the uh, the next biggest point. He had 16 points all in the first half. He looked phenomenal, hit two threes, stroke looked smooth. Um, Sean was really emphasizing how it, it finally looks like his left hand has kind of moved away from the ball at the top of his shot, so it's not pulling it left or right. right. It's still a little flat, and obviously it won't be as consistent for the rest of the season, but it's, it's improvement and it's growth, and right. we can see it literally as we watched the game and he looked great because he looked like he was looking for his shot he had a couple fadeaway jumpers uh in, in the low block he looked comfortable and playmaking he always has you know instances where it's like whoa where did that come from like he just has this incredible vision and, and we get glimpses of it and then defensively like you said playing against ben simmons tj warren um markeith morris who he had a scuffle with I like to see that scuffle. I've been wanting a fight. I finally got a little bit of one. It wasn't that big. It Ethan wants of, violence. I do want violence. I mean, we're not winning, so I might as well see a good, a good scruffle. Good right? little, bra- good little brawl. Good little, good scrap. little brawl. And it wasn't bad. Zach Collins got an elbow in there. Uh, Sohan threw Keith to the ground. Um, so some good stuff. Good stuff to see from that. But I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that Sohan wasn't letting Mark Keith push him around. 
you know, Markeith is known for doing that to young players. And Sohan was like, you're not about to do that. And then proceeded to get an and one the next possession down. So great to see that mindset from our young guy. Malachi struggled a little bit. Jay Rich was able to pick up some of that slack with some key shots in important situations. In the um, highlights, Malachi actually looked nice. Granted, it was the highlights, but <laughs> yeah, two two funny. for ten. He just struggled shooting, but the two shots right. that he made, like you said, he, he he continues to look comfortable. He continues to get open shots and, and, and you know make get good, good passes. And yeah, were the but, other um, ones still good good spots. Yeah, they were open threes. He had zero for just five from them. three, but he didn't yeah. take a single ill advised three. It was just mm-hmm. didn't fall. So good overall team win, but again, that's without their two best players. So take it with a grain of salt. You know, it was funny. I was talking to one of my friends I was at the game with yesterday and, you know, kind of just looking at the people who were out. I was like, oh, they're up. Like I saw that end of the first quarter and then I saw who was out and I was like, "Okay, that makes sense. It's like Keldon's the best player on the floor at that point. For sure. And I know a lot of people might be like Ben Simmons, but watching even just watching the highlights, like I was just like, oh, my gosh, like I know he's doing better. But like, how much are they paying him? Like, what is his contract? It's like 28 million or 26 million or something, man. For that, like, yeah, it's just unfortunate for Ben Simmons in a lot of ways. But anyways, other than that, uh, before that happened, the Spurs had a tough loss to the Kings. And usually Mm. in other years, it would be like, ooh, but they're the four seed right now. So that's actually, you know, considering the circumstances, that's one the Spurs are supposed to lose. Yeah. Uh, but I was able to go to the Alamo Dome game, Ethan. Uh, as we we talked about before, I'm wearing the shirt I got there. I can't show the whole thing, but it's kind of like a back to the future type deal. Hey, um, no. It's got the whole, you know, you see the, a little bit of the, the, the Fiesta, Fiesta stuff. stuff right. Yeah. Um, dude, it was so fun. I know they got blown out by 40, but the environment w- was just incredible. I was so lucky. Uh, I mean, me and my girlfriend had a steal. Like there were people who probably paid like significantly more than us, like, and didn't have as good of a view as we did. Um, I was posted up like right behind the, I think it's like the Michelob Ultra um, fan, like upgrade thing. It's basically like these two, like nice recliners that they upgrade two random fans to. Um, And that actually worked out really nice for me in the standing room only because the first row like you could say that it's a little bit further up is more behind the basket where I was to the right of it. So I actually kind of got, and because there was so much space and just those two people in those seats that actually kind of gave me more of a clearer view of the court. And, you know, I'm not as, you know, I'm not behind the basket. So there wasn't that kind of impeding my view. So I got to see uh, Steph warm up, Um, you know, SSPN where we're friends with JJ Redick. I said hi to him. Uh, that was really cool. He walked by. I was like, JJ, you're the goat. And then, you know, you know how like it, it was just kind of crazy. Like I wasn't even expecting. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Him to walk by. I knew him and Cassidy Hubbard were there, but I wasn't like expecting him to just be that close to me. Mm. And it was kind of like one of those things, you know how sometimes like you hear some somebody say something, but you don't like process it until yeah. like 10 seconds later sometimes. 
I could be wrong, but I feel like that's what happened with me and JJ. Cause at first he didn't do anything. And then it was like, he poked his head up and like looked exactly in my direction. Like he heard it from there and I was like, JJ. And then he was like, what's up? <laughs> he just oh. smiled and waved, but it doesn't matter because SSPN is affiliated with JJ Reddick. It's going to be crazy when we go on, uh, the old man and the three mm. coming soon. Um, make it happen by, by soon. I mean, eventually, um, <laughs> <laughs> No, but it was so fun. Uh, I mean, the environment, the, the lights thing that we did at the beginning, yeah, everybody cool. got a different Fiesta color light in person. That was incredible. The coyote being the coyote, just that whole night, Tony and, and, and Becky sitting on the bench, like right over there, I can see them. RC's walking around. People are yelling at him, telling him to trade people. Uh, there were some guys next to me at the end of the game. They were clapping it up. <laughs> they had tank for Wembenyama signs. They were like high school guys. I think I saw those signs. <laughs> and, and at the end, they were like tank for Wemby. <laughs> like when we lost, <laughs> they were like clapping it up. Oh my gosh, man! I I I wish I could like encapsulate it more in words, but it was just. I mean, it was exactly what you thought it was going to be. I know that the angle looked weird on TV and it kind of was weird having like the open floor and like having the seats, like not like being like placed on like the, the floor of the stadium instead. And then also the other seats, like for a football game being completely full as well. Um, I know that was a little weird, but the energy, the environment tag team performing at halftime, I was going crazy then it was it was just such a fun experience and and we just got we got there lucky and we happened to get like front row behind that and we never left and just had an absolute blast i was expecting to basically you know have a bunch of people in front of me and watch the game on the jumbotron so the fact that it worked out that way um it was just so cool and 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 i tell you what when when trey got up to speak before the game i don't they probably didn't show this on espn mm-hmm. but the whole team came out and trey was speaking that place was going nuts, like absolutely nuts. And a lot of them talked about it. Trey talked about it in the in the press conference after. Like, I think that really made an impression on a lot of these guys. Like they had already gotten an impression from San Antonio, but like in that moment, I think that really like that just really showed the love and like the passion of the city. And, you know, they did uh, a big announcement today um, announcing their new partnership with some capital company or something. I don't know if that's going to be the new AT&T Center, but it's... No, I think it's the naming of the, the Lock and Terror, the Rock. Right, right. The new Northwest San Antonio place, right. And and one of the things that they kind of reiterated was like, we've known the passion here. We've loved the first 50 years here. and We can't wait for the next 50. You know, Peter J. Mm-hmm. Holt and, and, and RC were saying that. And, and that game was about the best encapsulation of that. Because this is a down year for the Spurs. We're one of the worst team in the league. And I, there were there were Warriors fans there, and I know that there was all the media stuff, but no, that was Spurs fans from San Antonio breaking that mm. record, showing up in a season like this, and that's the reason you know why why the Spurs have that's a big part I think why the Spurs have been able to have the success um, they've been able to have throughout the years. But we'll go ahead and wrap this up here pretty soon with just the Jakob trade rumors. I know that's been floating around. Shams put out an article saying Toronto and Boston have interest. But the key thing here is, Ethan, um, the Spurs feel like his price tag that he wants is a little bit too much. You know, they offered him an extension. He rejected it. And also, it seems like he just wants to go play for a contender, which I'm not. He, he like in that article, they're basically like he really likes the Spurs a lot. But if we're not going to pay him, you know, basically overpay him in our eyes, he's not going to stay. 
And so at that point, it, it really feels like we got to move him. Maybe we don't if we just feel like we don't find a, a deal that we like and we just let him walk. But I feel like the indication from all of the legit news that's coming out, um, this it's not like this is just some Twitter rumor. This is, you know, shams and woes are top tier. So when he's saying stuff like this, it it seems like we might just roll with Jakob. And the, and the thing, or, or I say roll with Jakob, I mean roll with trading him mm-hmm. because of the fact that we still have Zach Collins. If we trade him just for picks, we can sign Charles Basie off the two-way, and then we've got our center rotation. And it's mm-hmm. not like, in, okay, it gets worse. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. We're, it's not, we're, we're already in the lottery anyway, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the non-Spurs fans on Twitter and in, you know around the world are just talking about how our price tag is way too high, two first-round picks, and that we only got a first and a pick swap for Derek White, and Derek White's way more valuable. I would have to disagree with that entirely. I think Jakob Pertle is, is extremely valuable. Yeah. Now, are we going to get those two firsts? That remains to be seen. But the way he's been playing as of late, he's been aggressive. He's been looking for his own shot while continuing to be a very, very good playmaker out of the post. He's one of the best screen setters aside from, you know, maybe Rudy Gobert and Jokic. You know, he, he's up mm-hmm. there as far as setting screens and rolling hard at the basket. And then defensively, we talk about it all the time. One of the best paint defenders in the league. Now, on the perimeter, of course, he's going to get beat by faster guards. But, but he's that's getting just better. The, he's gotten he is better, getting better this year, and he's gotten better at taking the ball up the floor. We saw that a little bit last night. His ball handling has improved. His hands have improved. Um, really, all facets of his game have improved. So on a team like Toronto or like Boston, surrounded by more talented guys pushing that's for the, the playoffs, point. he's going to be a very formidable piece whether you want to start him, like if Boston, you want right. to start him, bring Robert Williams off the bench, or or vice versa. That's a that's a tough two man rotation at center, at the center spot. Plus Al Horford, mm-hmm. like that that is very difficult to stop. And we know the Raptors for what they do. With they got like five seven footers basically out there, and we know how time. he plays there. Like, yeah, that's his <laughs> he was home. a part of the bench mob with yeah, Fred VanVleet so, back in the day. I have no problem trading Jakob. Um, I think he's been doing this the right way. He hasn't made any noise. He hasn't demanded a trade or anything right. like that. He's willing to play out his contract. He's just let the team know, like, I'm going to be looking for this if, if you want me to stay here, which is probably too high, like you said. And if that's the case, if he wants 20-plus million, I say it's, it's a very smart move by the Spurs yeah. to part ways with him. Now, can, if, if we can't get two firsts, I'm fine with a first and a pick swap, maybe a first and, and several seconds, whatever it is. I really just want draft capital because like you said zach collins has continued to play better bassy has as some, some people think bassy's better than zach collins right you know he's 22 still, you know we you still have gorgie jang on a, exactly we still have gorgie jang on a 10 day we could maybe even bring up our boy uh dominic Gini, barlow dominic barlow <laughs> if he wanted to and, uh, and we're already at uh, the bottom of the league with yaka Perl. right we get rid of them. All we're doing is improving our odds. It hurts because Jakob has been such a pivotal part of our team for so long and a personality that we all love. Uh, but it's just, it's just the part of the business side of the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was the main thing that I was thinking about when you said this, Ethan is just that like, he's doing this on this team. 
Yeah. <laughs> like on a contending team, it's going to be a lot easier for them. Um, but we'll let you go, Ethan. I know you got to get on the road. Um, so we appreciate you guys hanging out for this little 15 minute SSPN live. We'll be back soon here with some post games and some other stuff as well. So thank you all for hanging out. We'll catch you guys in the next one. We appreciate y'all and we'll see y'all later.